Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. As always, I am your host and Dungeon Master Kenny. I have with me my near full party, Sans Rogue, uh, our warlock. Hi, uh, this is Jesse playing Valandis. Our cleric. Uh, hi, this is Scott playing Slate, Rostork. Our artificer. Hey, y'all. It's Dylan playing Boomer. Our fighter. Hello, everyone. It's Jeff playing Garen. And our bard. Uh, it's it's Thatch playing L. When we last left off, our adventurers had just found themselves quite company to a new motley crew of individuals. Uh, a pair of elves that seem to share a space sometimes, uh, that have quite the quickness of foot. A spectator, which for those on in the know, that is sort of a, a lesser beholder, named Quacks, or Cax. Uh, uh, I gotta phonetically write that name down. Uh, and I believe that's all you've met, is that correct? Yep. Hmm? Yep. Yes. So, you all had gotten situated uh, in the carriage that was to take you to the captain of the ship you're departing on tomorrow morning. And uh, with that, we will resume. The carriage begins to take forward. I believe I, I said that the horses that pulled the carriage were, like, spectral in nature, but I, I don't remember if I actually said that. Does anyone remember? Yeah, you did. Alright, cool. So the spectral horses sort of whinny in, in their uh, undeath travel forward. Uh, you guys have some amount of time between now and arrival, obviously. Is there anything you wanted to do before you arrive to meet the captain? Uh, so I'm actually, if it's alright, I'm going to have a conversation with the two elves. Alright. And so there I was, ladies, knee-deep in the waste of the desert, fighting the Tarasque, only member of my mercenary group left, that and that god-awful paladin who was with me. And so I'm toe-to-toe -to -toe with this giant beast of a monster. And the paladin screams out, I'll protect you! Dumbass that he was. And as soon as I see him start to charge the Tarasque, I mutter every prayer and every healing spell I know. And the last thing I see before I fall unconscious from getting hit by the Trask's tail, is that paladin getting swallowed by the giant maw of this ungodly beast. Uh, I swear, I wake up two or three hours later, no idea where I am. I look around, and lo and behold, the Trask is leaving, traveling over some sand dunes. The paladin's sitting on a rock, covered in the most disgusting brownie core I ever saw. And I look at him, and I say, what happened? I swear to God, I saw him eat you. And the paladin looked at me and he said, yeah. Then he spit me up and left because I tasted lawful. <laughs> at some point during the story that turns into a joke, <clears throat> both of the elves uh, on either side of you put their hands on your pauldrons and look at you with uh, coyish eyes ready to hear the, the story further. And as it becomes a joke, they pause, unsure in the face, and then laugh in echoing unison. And uh, remark that you are adorable and brilliant at the same time. Sleep blushes at that. Anyone else got any activities? Uh, try and recover from the longest groan. <laughs> <coughs> Alright, uh... 
So, all right, never mind. It's not too far of a travel, really. As you quickly arrive to the harbor, or not the harbor, the the, the pier, really, the marina, however you want to call it, uh, of Port Meldron, and there is, amongst the many ships, some quite ocean-faring and others, obviously, more domestic, one of them that you park in front of is quite the galleon indeed, to say, like, the least. And it's at that point that the, the spectral horses disappear and the cart comes to a stop. And the spectator looks at the group inside and says, We must be here. Quick. As you will, follow me. You must meet the captain. Uh, the door opens uh, and the spectator flies out, having to turn sideways because it's too like wide in one way. It's like egg-shaped, you know? It's not perfectly uh, spherical. Uh, and the two uh, twins dart in a series of blinks uh, off the carriage, down the pierways, up onto the uh, rope ladder that leads up the ship. Each time they sort of blink and stop for a second, they look over their shoulder and wiggle their fingers at Slate, uh, or giggle, or something ad equally adorable. Well, you don't have to ask me twice. Slate hops off the carriage and starts uh, hustling up that way. Um, as he saunters off, Garen would look at Ellen and just say, he's very determined, isn't he? Um, <clears throat> extraordinarily so. More so than myself, even. Garen kind of makes like a chopping motion with his hand and just says, focused. Focused, even. Hmm. We'll see where it leads him. <laughs> Hopefully not the same place I'd let Boomer. Let's go meet the captain. Hey, y'all, that was a mistake, and it wasn't my fault. Those girls died by some, you know, Ooh. worldly portal being thing. Are we joking about that? that we don't have to bring this up every time you're around women, you know. Like, this is killing my chances. Hell, I'm pretty sure it's funny now, so yeah. Hey, Mom. Your it's not funny anymore. Oh. Anyway, so as you all follow the spectator uh, and Slate, who is ahead of you all, uh, up onto the bridge, you feel a presence watching you. Uh, as if a pair of eyes pierces at you from a distance. And as you mm. board the ship... You see, standing at the head of at the top of the ladder, in a pair, helping each person onto the ship off the ladder, is a uh, about as stereotypical of like uh, skin so dark by darkened by the sun and thick with scar tissue that he looks like if if you found out that his name was like Scar, you'd be like, oh, really? No way. Uh, that's what this guy looks like. <laughs> um, you know, a, a leather vest, uh, a tunic underneath, but just everywhere that you can see, uh, he has been in a fight uh, from some caliber or another. And on the other side of the ladder, helping people up as well, is a arguably uh, gender-bent version of the same kind of character. A very brawn-looking uh, woman who is tall, and wide in the shoulders, but is still very feminine in a lot of her ways. Uh, the sea has clearly not turned her to salt. Uh, 
as the as the, the lot of you are left onto the ship, the moment your your feet grace the old but hard with lacquer uh, wood planks of the the deck, you can feel a presence amongst you. Your feet don't feel entirely welcome, and without concerted effort, it seems almost like the ship doesn't want you on it. Overall, a very foreboding feeling. Garen is certainly not happy as he kind of looks about and uh, prods the deck a couple times. Uh, You see a quick kick at whatever you were poking the deck with as the, the female that I introduced before steps forward and leans down towards you. Uh, and she, she remarks, You will mind your scales on this deck, young man. Uh, he would kind of like put both of his hands up in an apologetic gesture and just say, Hey, uh, getting a Nikki feeling here. She nods her chin up and goes, "'Tis the way it all feels until the captain meets you, and then he and the, and the ship itself will size you up." She extends a hand forward towards Geheron. All right, I didn't mean to offend. You were the vessel, this ship that's going to carry me over lots of water. Uh, excuse me, did you say the ship is going to size us up? Uh, the woman turns to you with her hand still outstretched to Gehar and says, Yes, of course, I didn't misspeak, and nor did you mishear. What's unclear? Oh, it's not that anything's particularly unclear. I just, um, is the ship alive? That's a fancy way of calling it. I'm sure the captain would love to tell you stories of how it's come to be, but tis not my place nor my knowledge of the arcane that makes it what it is. Can I roll an Arcana check? Sure. Hell yeah. While he's doing that, um, Palin's going to step up and say, well, um, if we're to meet, um, or if we're to travel together, uh, I'd like to know A, your name, and uh, B, the name of this fine vessel, living or not. The woman who ter- who had held her hand out towards Geheron even still extends her other without breaking her sort of hand's trajectory towards Geheron, extends her other one towards Valandess, grabs it, and you realize that she's not just like a large framed woman. She's a big human. Uh, and her hand eclipses your small drow paw and grips it with a force the likes of which you think she's trying to fight you. But there's no harm in that. It's it's clearly a warm handshake, but a lot of force in it. And she <clears throat> n- nods her head down towards you and says, You may call me Eredite. It is a pleasure to know you. And a pleasure to know you as well. Um, I'll try to <clears throat> snake my hand out yeah. <laughs> from the grip as soon as possible. Um, and then I'll gesture to the ship. Um, and uh, the fine vessel we stand on. "'Tis not a name for me to privilege of speak. "'The captain will tell you all.'" Uh, gentlemen, could, could I have a second in private with all of you? Oh, with us? Yeah, yeah certainly. 21. Uh, okay, so before the RP continues further, uh, the Arcana check tells you 
It's not unbelievable. I mean, heck, you basically dabble in giving non-living matter life. Not in the traditional sense, but clearly there could be something akin to your studies involved to make this ship appear alive, or, or at least come off as alive. But uh, what you're experiencing seems a little out of your depth. Depth. Huh. Alright, uh, so we're huddling? Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, come in here for a second. Oh, as Gaharin turns away from well, Eric. No, no. Oh, sorry. sorry. Didn't Good. A... I didn't want to interrupt anyone, but yes, Garen would have shaken her hand. Uh, she gives you an equally, equally strong grip uh, and ex- ex- again, sort of bows her head down a touch and introduces herself as Era Dedite. Garen would introduce himself and uh, return the, the, the meaty squeeze. The meaty squeeze. Yeah, the meaty squeeze. I like it. And, um, you know, kind of smile and uh, he appreciates, appreciates a strong woman for uh, uh, excusing himself <clears throat> to go over towards the uh, cuddle huddle. Yeah. Uh, as is, uh, is with us? He, he's just now getting onto the boat as you all step away. Uh, and the moment he gets onto the boat, he glows almost a little visually and immediately begins to get on, on his hands and knees and inspect the, the, the deck uh, in regards to the man who hasn't spoken yet. Uh, a whole bunch of nonsense. Like, how did, how did you make this? What is it made of? Have you, can, where can I find this wood? Can I buy some of this wood from you? I would love to have some of this wood. This is an immaculate... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, to which the, the party and said, oh, "Well, um, there goes asking him any questions." <laughs> uh, to which the human man picks him up by the scruff of his cloak uh, on the back of his neck, lifts him up, and extends a hand to Roderick and says, "My name is Ross Clamwell. You will do yourself kind to save your questions for the captain. I am the bosun of this vessel. You will do good to do good by me." And grins w- widely. As he uh, borderline crushes Roderick's small hand and then drops him. Uh, <laughs> do you all want Roderick to approach you all, or? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, sure. I'd rather imagine he would anyway. Well, yes. We'll have him into the huddle. Alright, so he, he, he trots over. And I'm done looking slate. What do you got? Oh, I'm just a little flabbergasted by all this on a simple desert dwarf, you know. Um, nobody else is a little suspicious about a boat that might or might not be sentient. That could be... I, I'm sure there are benefits, but I feel like there are more negatives to it, especially when we're on the sea at the mercy of this boat and its captain. Well, do you plan to annoy the boat? I, I've never had cordial relations with a boat. How am I supposed to know what upsets it? Well, rocking it, I'm told. At least everyone advises against that. Uh, to this point, um, Roderick points, puts his finger up almost as if to say Excelsior with a gesture <laughs> and says, Gentlemen, I have remembered something. A f- herb or a flower called Goldenrod is an as immaculate for curing hangovers. That will be important. 
and I want you to file that away because that will come up again very soon. Yeah, so real quick, we're all okay with a magical boat. Hey man, this guy's had like magical golems this entire time. I mean, I kind of do a little bit of that kind of magic into my gun. I mean, she don't speak or nothing like that yet. But we aren't your gun or riding androids or mechs or whatever they are through a giant puddle of water that I don't know about you, but I might be able to swim for like one hour. Maybe a little less. It's more dangerous than riding a horse. You just have to know how to communicate with your mount. Your man would shrug and say, Uh, at least if it's not a sentient wall of bone trying to kill me, I think I can handle it. Well, do you remember that? Uh, (laughs) Roderick turns turns to Karen. I want to know about that story. (laughs) I will tell you all about it, my friend. Uh, Pretty bad. Elshur's. As uh, long as I voiced my concern before we got on this journey, um, that's all I got to say. As someone that grew up under a mountain, I can completely understand that crossing large bodies of water can be a little unnerving, but I think we'll be all right. Um, maybe. We'll see. All right. And if not, you'll just die. I mean, whatever. Boomer, uh, to which, I knew I count on you to lift my spirits. <clears throat> to which uh, that that boomer comment, uh, Roderick like throws the back of his hand to twelve's like upper thigh and goes, "Plus, look at twelve. Death was one of the best things that's ever happened to him." He said. Yeah, see, look at twelve. Death is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Twelve has his arms crossed and nods. Well, I can't argue with that logic. Let's get going. I can, but I won't. Let's go. Uh, all right, so you all turn over. Pretty much everyone has dispersed at this point, except for uh, Ross Clamwell stands there still. Uh, and he says, Done with your little party. Well, it's about time you meet the captain. Come along this way now, would you? Absolutely. Well, sounds great. Uh, what's the captain's name before we barge in? No pun intended. You can call him Captain Dumos. If you want to be on his good side, but that's kind of a wasted sentence anyway. Oh, the oh, last thing I want great. to do is dally. And so he turns oh. away and begins to walk across the deck, gesturing for you all to follow. Oh, that inspires confidence. Let's go. I'll follow. Yep, me too. <clears throat> so uh, does Karen. Yep. So he steps over to what is obviously the... Uh, captain's quarters on deck and opens the door to uh, inside, which is quite illuminated with candlelight and a small uh, candelabra on a rather sizable round oval-like table. Uh, He gestures for you all to enter and uh, he stands outside to hold the door. As you all walk in, uh, you are greeted to a what what feels like a Pirates of the Caribbean set piece, uh, to say it nicely. Like, there's all manner of knickknacks, although it is ultimately very well kept. Uh, you see that nearly every trim of a window or a doorway or a porthole is gilded with either golden paint or just paint with gold in it. Uh, 
there's a, a decadence to this room. And sitting across the uh, oval table in front of you is a single chair seated with a single man who sits with a large tricorn hat, almost comical, uh, with a rather vibrant red plume. The majority of his attire is black on red with a flare for whites and purples. Uh, with a pair of crossed legs in large leather boots sitting upon the table that quickly throw themselves under as you enter, and a, hand, and a very pale hand holding a very full glass of red wine. This individual leans forward and tips his hat up so you all can see his face quite clearly, and as the door shuts, you realize that you are standing in a room with a vampire, quite clearly. Oh, fuck. Garen is concerned. <laughs> all right all right boys don't freak out <laughs> right a little late but uh to this the, the the captain speaks before it as you all sort of make that realization and sort of gestures very gently to the other side of the oval table and says please have a seat make yourself comfortable compatriots we are to know each other for quite a time there's no reason for us to be unkind uh slate will take a seat reluctantly oh book this ship <laughs> Victor Azor I'm going to kick his ass the next time I see him uh alright I guess I'll have a seat aren't there like beverages yeah no you don't you don't no you don't want to have a Bloody Mary <laughs> <laughs> no there's a, there's a couple bottles of, of wine and other sorts of liquor uh across the table with some cheese wheels and husks of uh Salted meat and sausage. Any girls lurks? Uh, the, do, you, do you say that out loud, or are you looking for it? I'm looking for it. Uh, you see, at one end of the table, there is legitimately a keg bolted onto the end of the table, uh, and you know the smell of McGurk's lurks anywhere. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go for that. All right. Uh, grab me one, please. Garen would say to him. Sure. Anybody else want one that I can carry with my tiny hands? Nope, I'm fine. Valen's filling up a, uh, a cup of uh, rum with a lot of rum. And you can see that many of the like bottles and and uh, whatnot actually are sitting in like slots embedded into the table so that they don't rock when the ship does. Hmm. All right, this dude's got some nice digs. Yep. I mean, he's a vampire. <laughs> They do that. So I'll get myself uh, a McGurk Lurks. Okay. And take one over to Geheron. Here you are, buddy. By the way, thanks for carrying me. No problem. Thank you and your tiny hands for bringing me beer. Full of colors. All right. Uh, uh, with that, uh, Garen would turn towards the captain and just say, well, it is a pleasure to meet you. He nods ever so lightly and then goes... I think that's enough of this, don't you? And he takes his, again, somewhat comically large hat off and sort of throws it off to the side where it perfectly lands on a coat rack. Is uh, it like a sun hat? Like, ladies wearing the garden? It's like a large L. It's like a large tricorn hat. L takes note of that. Okay. Takes note of what? The casual toss to coat rack. <laughs> right? Try and do that in his cabins for, like, <laughs> the next month. Yeah. Uh... And so he takes a nice big sip of what is obviously not red wine uh, at this point and says, please, 
I've heard the things you've talked about already. Uh, you may call me Captain or Captain Dumos, but my name is Claude Dumos. It is a pleasure to meet your collective acquaintances. Hey. And yours, sir. The pleasure's ours, I think. Very much so. And if any of you ever feel, for even a moment, while on my vessel, that you fear for your neck, he, like, thumbs over to the back right corner of his room, where you can clearly see there is a, a stock. Um, and he says, you do not worry yourselves. I will always be satiated. Well, that's important. A man should be satiated. Uh, Captain, I've got an important question for you. How do you not piss off a ship? Well, you don't disrespect it for starts, much like how you would aim to not piss anything else off. Done and done. Thank you, Captain. I assume that we should get right into what that line of questioning could inevitably be, shall we? Yeah, one of your deckhands definitely raised some questions uh, up on the up on the deck. So, yeah, uh, we're curious. Naturally. Was it uh, Eridite or, or Ross? Uh, Eridite, the large one. Yes, well, a chef on a ship such as this is going to probably take great efforts to put hairs on end for newcomers. Oh, God, she's hardcore, then. If she's the cook on a ship, uh-huh. she's the most hardcore person on the, on the boat. I think she seemed really nice. You are both equally correct. But, of course, the ship itself. You all have the distinct privilege of standing upon the blood-slaked floors of my dead wife. What? Sim- oh. It's a long story. But needless to say, I was not always a vampire, and I was, in fact, a very normal human captain of this vessel. But, through a series of unfortunate tactical situations, many of my, most of my crew was slain, I was turned into what you see before you, and quite ritualistically, and to my horror, my former wife was slain before me and dragged across the deck of this fine ship where her blood stained the wood forever and her spirit is it now. We are never to be apart. Uh, Romantic. Oh. I mean, in a pretty bad way, but, you know, you guys will be together forever, which is cool. After a fashion, it has a nice air to it. But if I could trade a proper mortal death for the pain and anguish I experienced in that night, I would gladly rest easy now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you would. Uh, anyway. And we will just pick up the truck and start to, like, sip it. <laughs> but to answer the question you asked, what is the name of the vessel? You may call her Vanessa. Yes, it is. Um, uh, Captain, are there uh, sleeping quarters for us on the ship? Oh, and you'll find that they are quite roomy, my friend. You will be one of the few people that require them. 
think uh, can't question uh, is possible to see these sleeping arrangements I imagine you'll be shown to them immediately after our visitation all right follow up question so, so we're going to be some of the only ones that need the sleeping quarters Am I to understand that the rest of your crew may share the same condition as you quite the contrary they are very full dead oh I guess that answers my question Wait, is this a skeleton ship? No, they have lost their corporeal forms quite a time. But you will find that that I... F- fuck it. He snaps his fingers and a specter lifts from the floor, uh, dressed in very much of a servant's attire, although very formal. Uh, he bows to the captain and it looks to the group of you and goes, Would you all care for a fresh round? I see some of you have gone through your first glasses already. Line's gone, and I point, and I scream, Go ship! Go ship! ghost ship. Um, Karen keeps his calm a little bit better, but he definitely looks at his friend and says, Yeah, it's getting kind of spooky. Ladies and gentlemen at home, can you tell when I wrote this part of the story? <laughs> I wrote it in October. <laughs> oh, God. It took us three months to get on the damn boat. <laughs> Go real life. Uh, is anyone else getting an echo? Uh, I am a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting one. Yeah, I'm hearing it too. Anyway. I don't hear it. Alright, we'll figure it out in post. Um, well, there is just a lot of surprises going on. Just a lot to process. Yeah. But, yeah. here we are, and it's fine. Uh, who was it that, that, that said their glass was empty? God, that was me. Uh, yeah. Despite being momentarily spooked about the whole situation, you, only a moment later hear your glass being filled and see a spectral arm reach across your shoulder to do so. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of nice, though. Uh, Alright, I, I guess I could get used to this. <laughs> uh, the captain smiles and he goes, Meston, that'll be all, thank you. Oh my god, his name's Gaston. Meston. Spooks like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we get it out of our system? <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, we're good. Um, uh, although Garen would, uh, watching all this, kind of just say, "I hope they play cards." Oh, you'll find plenty of the crew one off shift to play games. What do ghosts play cards for? Do they I was thinking the same thing. Money? Well, have you ever known yourself to be bored? Um, yes. Imagine if Most you times. imagine if you didn't have the luxury of sleeping or eating or drinking or fucking to pass the time. Well, visibly blanches. Well, that would be why. Huh. I mean, he makes a good point. So... This is not to be a comedy show, but I do aim to answer your questions before I formally invite you to my vessel. 
we look forward to being on it. Indeed. I'm actually quite thrilled for the prospect of a ghost ship ride. Where are we going again? I can barely remember. The contract declares that you are all aiming to arrive on the mid-western coastline of Betwinsyarda. Ah, uh, yes. Do you, uh, are you familiar with why we seek our destination? It's not my point to ask. Never has been, nor will it ever be. Ah. I had not taken our valet to be tight-lipped, but good on him. Is well, that... I guess it's a cup-half-full thing? As Get booked as... on a vampire-driven ghost ship. He doesn't tell people what we're about. That's fine. Well, please, you have to understand, none of the other fishermen with their glorified rowboats out of Port Meldron are going to willingly sign up for the kind of adventure you lads are looking for. We're driving a practically third across the world for whatever the fuck it is that you aim to do. Of course it's going to be well paid, but who wants to go on that kind of a voyage at the drop of a hat? Plenty of the vessels in this port that were capable of such a trek would need merely a season or more to prepare, whereas I am ready for any venture at any time. That's a handy thing. Correct. Indeed. We will absolutely take friends and allies where we can find them, no matter what the circumstances. And I'll take your coin as long as you promise that you're not going to destroy the waters of the world so that I can continue to sail them. We'll do our best, though promise is a bit strong of a stretch. Well, that'll be what it have to is. <laughs> Tis the only thing I care about. I can't leave this vessel. Oh. Mike Amber? So you're a cursed vampire. So we're, we're riding upon a cursed, dead, live ship. Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to be cursed? Like, because... Well, were you the people that murdered my crew and wife? Nah, that wasn't me. Well, then I believe there's no curse upon you attached to this vessel. Oh, all right, well, cool. Um, have you tried lifting the curse? How can I lift a curse if I can't leave the fucking boat? Have you asked <laughs> someone to try? No, you know, as a matter of fact, Master Gnome, over my 250 years of undead existence, it never honestly occurred to me to inquire as to someone could remove the curse. Of course I have! Oh, all right. Well, no need to get up. I was just trying to help. Why are you going to irritate a man on his own boat? You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. You're right. You'll have to forgive my friends. I guess they're uh, a little tired from blowing up half a house in town. Uh, he sort of slicks. That was you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he slicks his hair back and says... And tis myself that should also apologize. I get awfully hot-tempered when I'm this many glasses of blood deep in a single day and also having to express a very sad time in my unlife. I understand, but hopefully we can all be positive. As much as one can stand. <laughs> be positive. Yeah, let's tell the vampire and his ghost ship that's made out of his dead wife. Be positive. No, 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 it's a blood joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. Still. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. It's just 
the vampire will get it. He, he, he. Oh, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny guy. <laughs> and it's been full of joy. <laughs> anyway, you're so proud of yourself. <laughs> I am. I've been saving that one this whole conversation. <laughs> oh, they off the ship so quick. Right. Anyway, uh, so. Is there anything else that I can alleviate for you? Uh, just one thing. I just want to apologize for you know asking all those questions. I know you're upset. I'm sorry. From the bottom of my heart. Your apologies are respectable, but not necessary, friend. Second off, is there a place where I could you know make a tiny workshop to do some rebuilding on uh, our land vessel? Well, considering it'll be brought aboard, I imagine whatever space it finds itself in should be somewhat suitable. Again, after the whole ish situation that caused this ship to be what it is, there's an awful lot of space in the hold. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, I'm pretty stoked. This is going to be fun. Indeed. Well, I don't think we have much more to discuss. When, when do we set sail? Tomorrow with the sun. Fair enough. We were done shopping, right, gentlemen? Yes, very much so. There, there's one last thing I, I want to pick up, but it'll be a quick run. Well, very well. You have the night to do so. All right. He sort of well, snaps his fingers and uh, Meston appears by the door and opens it. Uh... I guess we'll go then. All right. Uh, will you enjoy the rest of your day? Of course. Uh, pleasure meeting and, you. Uh, well then, <clears throat> um, Karen kind of shuffle out the door, giving the man kind of like a mild bow as he leaves. It's about as formal as he gets. And um, he'd ask Boomer if he needs a hand with whatever he's shopping for. Oh, well, you know, you can come along. And uh, as you all begin to leave, uh, he sort of says something to Roderick, and it makes Roderick uh, laugh a bit as he leaves behind you all. Hmm. So uneasy. Okay. So uh, Roderick and Twelve, you know, sort of catch up with the two, with the the group of you, yep. and uh, say, "So, what do you all have to do before we leave?" Uh, well, I've been thinking about like how you do things. I kind of think it's super cool, and I kind of want to put my twist on it because I don't think I can do it the way you do it. Cause you got some sort of <laughs> special abilities. So I'm gonna go find myself a wizard's a wizard of sorts and have a conversation with him. Okay. If that is possible. I don't know if there's like a town wizard or something of that nature, Dracon. Um, I imagine you probably would have seen a magic shop or two while in town traveling through it as much as you have. Cool. Um, yeah, I want to go there then and just pick up a. Uh, if there is like a wizard's book, I could pick up 
like a spell book that could possibly later on help me out for me studying it or something. Like, are you considering taking a level of wizard? Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, for uh, for the uh, the uh, God, what's the class where you change things? Transmogrification. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Valen's gonna follow along um, and try to find a book, um, something that might help him out with uh, sneak around. Okay. Garrett's gonna follow and just go on an adventure. Um, what does the rest of the party do? Slate and uh, L. Uh, Slate's gonna find um, someplace private and pray. Okay. Yeah. And not any uh, not enough time to go um, shopping for more clothes. So L's gonna get drunk or high, probably high. Does L say this out loud? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was about to say because I can get you a little bit of both. That's that's all, I've had your brand, <laughs> <laughs> and so was Tusk. Out there, I the, prefer an extended evening. By the way, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of the, the the show, long long time listeners will know of a fantastic little concoction called Gear Crank, and we made it. It's Oof. ew, oh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, I got ripped wrecked. Yeah. Proceed with caution when creating Gear Crank. It's almost exactly what you think. <laughs> Next time we need Jaeger. Next time definitely Jaeger. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, uh, you know, so so three of you are going to two of you are going to go in like like character for a night, and three of you are going to go shopping at a wizard store. All right. Um, so you find yourself you're a few blocks away from the Tinkerer's house, and uh, you approach what is kind of undeniably a a very magical land. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> magical land, uh, a very magical abode. Um, I mean, there's even like ley lines drawn on the grounds outside of it. Uh, and uh, as the, you all approach, the door opens. And by the way, Roderick has gone back to the Tinkerers. He needs to go get uh, n- uh, 19 and 20. Or 18 and 20. And uh, as you approach, the door opens, and a whimsied-looking, slightly unstable uh, man in a robe with a book uh, in his, in, clutched under his arm sort of looks and goes, yes! One, two, yes, all three of you are here. I've been expecting you. Please, come inside. Uh, Alright. Come on, guys. Okay. Today's today's weird. It's a weird weird. day. Alright, here we go. Right. Uh, So the door closes behind you, um, and inside this, what looks to be like a glorified library and apothecary mixture of a location. Um, there's s- some staffs in a corner, uh, a rack of like about half a dozen wands, uh, several racks filled with scrolls and books, uh, and then 
you know, quite the uh, amount of ingredients and uh, potions. And pouring over uh, a table that you all ha- can see quite clearly is full of the store stock. The same character you saw before looks up and goes, Yes, my name is Albert. Uh, you three are here for bartering, correct? No, two of you are here for bartering. Hey, man, this, this guy's good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Mr. Uh, Albert, sir. Uh, I am here to uh, acquire a book on wizardry. Recently, I, I found myself without the uh, without my, my, my weapon here. Uh, I'm a kind of wizard of sorts. I dabble in the uh, arts of magic. But uh, I want to further that and also not be completely useless when and if ever I lose this thing again. Ah, he sort of like closes an eye a little and goes, Yes, expanding your arcane-based horizons. I thought that's what the sun meant. That makes sense. Uh, yes, of course. And he pulls out like a, like a leather knapsack or... And, and like puts it on top of the table, and like grabs a uh, a tome and shoves it in there. Grabs like uh like a, a clawed dried hand and shoves it in there. Grabs a several pieces of parchment and shoves it in there. Uh, and um a col a closed ink and quill uh puts it in there and then ties up the knapsack and says, "This should have all you need to begin your pathway towards a more." Traditional form of wizardry. Uh, thanks. Even the hand? Do do I need the hand? Oh, that's for casting through. Uh, You might find something that twinges with you better, but that that one works. Oh, well, alright then. Uh, thank you, great, uh, wise one. What what can I, how much is it gonna cost? Oh, 400 gold. Uh, Okay, cool. I got that one left. Yeah, a little bit more. I, I, I hand him 400 gold. Yes, perfectly. Uh, this is one more platinum than I thought it was, but I was close. And he hurries off to put the gold away. Thank uh, you, sir. Uh, Valen, you need anything else? Uh, yeah, well, uh, when we came over here, I thought I might uh, get a book on maybe concealing myself or disguising myself a tad better, but uh, now that I'm thinking about it, now with all this magic talk, I think I might, might want to get a little closer to the arcane. Sorcery? Uh, so are you, like, talking about you might take a level of sorcerer? I, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm dabbling. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Okay. Uh, and he sort of, Albert, after storing the money away, sort of comes over and scratching at his beard sort of looks at you and, like, pinches your cheek out a little bit and goes, what you will find will come to you, or it won't. But for your initial, well, actual purchase, he sort of produces what was already on his hip, uh, a small black stick of a wand with a uh, small diamond uh, encrusted at the, the, sorry, the fat bottom of the, the, the stick. And he goes... This is a wand of lesser invisibility. Ooh, I could definitely make use of that. That's the best of both worlds. 
How much is that going to set me back? Let me check. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> while this is going down, Karen would kind of just be looking at the shelves, seeing if anything would catch a man who likes to hit people in the head's eye. Okay. Uh, so this weapon, uh, this wand, uh, casts invisibility, but you can only... Uh, it only lasts for a minute instead of an hour. Uh, sorry, not an hour. Um, it lasts for ten minutes instead of an hour. Okay. And then it has six charges per day, and it recharges 1d4 minus one charges a day. Okay. And uh, he goes, This bobble of invisibility will cost you merely... 850 gold pieces? Uh, about 600. That sounds almost correct. 650. 625, so I can get myself a beer later. You know, a novel idea, I will give you a bottle of rum and 630. Done. Lovely. And he shakes his hand. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, he goes over and grabs a bottle of rum from wherever the fuck it was uh, and hands it to you as he takes the 630 gold. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Albert. He nods. I have no more gold left. <laughs> I have like 1,500 left. And uh, so he then walks over to Geharin, who's like perusing and he, like, taps you on the shoulder and goes, You're unexpected. What do you want? Uh, truth be told, I'm not quite sure. I was kind of just uh, figured I'd come along and browse. While I have a friends, salve uh... to make you sure. A salve of surety, I call it. That sounds like a solution to its own problem. Correct. <laughs> um... I don't know. I kind of just find myself um, um, lacking at times uh, with uh, anything that might help me. Just, uh, just, just, just toss a little firepower. Uh, as much as my friends are useful in that capacity, I feel a little... Stop! I found it. Firepower. You want to toss firepower. I have it. And he darts off to a large um, like garment chest and opens it and digs through, and then grabs a pair of heavy leather-plated gauntlets uh, and walks back over to you and hands them to you. And he says, These gauntlets, when worn and you attune your mind and body to it, will let you throw fire. Oh my. Shit, yes. Uh, well, alright then. Uh, may I ask just how much these would cost me? 1,500 gold coins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you drive a hard bargain. Um, he'd look at them and kind of like, uh, 
a couple times and said, how about 900? 1,000, or you can leave my store. Oh my, I didn't mean to offend you. You didn't. But I see where this is going. True enough, true enough. Uh, well, why not, he says, spending the last of the money that will help keep him between enemies and L. Uh, he, like, excitedly claps the gauntlets together and they, like, a poof, like a small explosion poofs for a moment. So, you have, uh, now a pair of gloves of fire throwing. Um, you may activate these at any time, and as long as you can find, uh, like, slingshot stones, like proper stones or javelins, you can add 1d4 fire damage to them when you throw them. Or, you can uh, once per long rest expend all of the magic in them and cast fireball. What? Hell yeah. And what does fireball do if I might ask? All the things. All the good things. Fireball? It's a big big explosion AoE damage. Thank you, but I'm going to actual stats for someone who is right here. (laughs) That's <laughs> a dexterity saving throw, and it does 66. 86. Six damage. Yeah. Oh. So okay. Or half as much on a failed dex save. So. Yeah. Oh, it's super good. And, and there's like, if, I, if I'm just throwing, uh, like, slingshot stones or javelins, there's no limit to the charges, right? Right. Or, okay, but if I want to do all the magic for a day, you can cast fucking fireball. Make the big bada boom. Except... The caveat is that your range for the fireball is 40 feet. (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) What's the normal range for a fireball? 150. Oh, that's fine. I'm running at things. It's a 20-foot radius. So So I have a grenade that you can blow yourself up with. Yes. (laughs) Let me worry about that. All right. Uh, that is awesome. Remind me to pick up Misty Step on my next level up. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. All right. Well, uh, Garen's going to put the gloves on when he's handed them. Okay. I'm going to eye them up and go, those look dangerous. What's the worst that could happen? You kill yourself. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Garen would just shoot one finger gun and uh, not a fireball. A small ember pops out of your fingertip. Garen right, stops moving his hands when that happens. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. All right, off we go. All right. Let's, All right. Uh, good thing we're getting on a wooden ship, boys. You find a place to pray. Um, go ahead and give me a unmodified D twenty. Unmodified. You roll. Ooh, a seventeen. I'll take that. Okay. Uh, with your charisma, does that make it a twenty? Answer to your question is most likely no. 
My charisma modifier is zero. Oh, you use wisdom, don't you? Yeah, I'm a wisdom guy. Then yeah, what's the, if you add your wisdom, do you hit twenty? Twenty-one, in fact. Okay. So your prayers are answered. Um, you receive a soothing sort of motion through you that your god has seen the things you've done recently and approves and you hear a whisper in your mind to trust what you would normally not trust all right uh and l um you fall onto the deck of the ship in the late hours of the morning or early hours of the morning uh and you can feel as you sort of limbo between consciousness and unconsciousness, uh, the elf twins are dragging you under the uh, down underneath the deck. Oh, what wonderful fairies they employ here! One at a time, please. Uh, you do you don't wake up for quite a time, but you are in a uh, a a wool. Um, Hammock. Anyway, mm-hmm. does everyone else make their way back to the ship? Um, can Garen stop and buy a couple javelins on the way? Yes, absolutely. All right. How, how much are they a piece? I don't know. Player's handbook that shit. Oh god, it's downstairs. All right, I'll subtract the gold, but I'm gonna buy uh, six more javelins. Okay. Cool. All right, so you all get to the P, or I suppose you all all make it back to the ship, uh, Vanessa, and are led as you arrive to the uh, the crew hold, where you can see your carriage or your cart has arrived, and it has plenty of space around it to tinker on. Awesome. Um, and you can see several slews of ghostly crew. Uh, you know, hanging around doing their thing, being dead. Spooky. And uh, yeah, that's really all that happens over the course of the evening uh, and late morning. So it's the next morning, and uh, has everyone returned to the vessel by that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. While we're um. Got- uh, while we're waiting for that, is there enough time for me to apply the oil of buoyancy? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow the instructions that were given to me and use about a third of the mixture along with the other components to rub my armor down in the oil of buoyancy. All right. Your armor, uh, it feels light on you, uh, almost as if it's hardly impeding you whatsoever. Hmm. Uh, is Gehara near me? Uh, I sure you could um, be. I can be. Yeah, I can, I can be. So, um, while you're near me, I, you know, I kind of shake the vial at you and say, "Do you want some?" How long does that last again? That is a good question. I do not remember one second. I think he said like a couple days. Uh, the mixture will last for one week. There you go. Oh, according to my notes. I would certainly not mind it if you don't mind. I do not mind. I will. Uh, hey, buddy, before you put that on and waste uh, 
Opal Potion. Remember I gave you that ring that lets you walk on water and can you fall off the side of the boat? Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Dog Karen says, kind of clapping his head. Sorry, it's a little foggy in the morning. I hear you. All right, buddy. No speaking, problem. Speaking on that, Gaharan, how many items are you attuned to? Because I can think of three. I don't quite know how attunement works. Uh, what magical items do you have on your character right now? Uh, well, I have several, but I'm really using uh, the halberd. Right. Uh, and now I guess these gloves, the battle axe is still just hanging at his hip. He hasn't used that since um, someone uh, did something to it. Right, but but yeah, but that and the ring, right? Yeah. Uh, the ring doesn't need attunement. Really? That's yep. aw- that's awesome. Normally, normally rings have uh, attunement. No, while wearing this ring, you can stand to move across any liquid surface as if it were solid ground. Right, no, I know that. What ring is it? Ring of water walking, I'm pretty sure. I just pulled up the compendium. is like out of all of the rings is one of like four or two rings that don't require attunement Mm. that's wild hey man sweet is there a limit to how many items you can be attuned to then yes Yes. the limit is your proficiency modifier the limit is actually three but I like to say that it's your attunement modifier okay cool so then I guess it would be the halberd the gloves and well, I guess still the battle axe even it's, if he hasn't well yeah yeah, yeah. I, I need to check and make sure what constitutes for a weapon to be required an attunement because I think that some weapons do and some don't uh, and like how, while we're going over this can everyone else sort of check themselves Yeah, n- none of your weapons require attunement, so the only thing that you're using as an attunement is the gloves. Right now, I'm attuned to nothing. Yeah. I figured most my, of you guys aren't, but... Do I need to be attuned to my mace? Because it does the um, the light effect. It's yeah. technically a plus zero mace. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. Okay, just check. Um, the uh, Tiger's Eye Short Sword... I was never really quite sure what that did, um, black and white wise, which we can talk about later. Sure. Uh, but I think I'm attuned with it. I, if not, I'm going to do that overnight when we get on the boat. I'll I'll just sit down and attune with it. Uh, it's it's not, and all okay. all it is is uh, basically once per long rest, you can re-roll a single attack made by that sword. Okay, but you have to take the the new result. Ten four. All right, cool. Awesome. All right. I figured it wasn't really an issue, but the only person I knew who had a lot of magical items was Garen. <laughs> I was like, he might be getting near his attunement limit. Um, Garen's sort of a uh, pack rat. Does uh, does the wand of lesser invisibility need attunement? No, I don't think wands ever do. Oh, while we're on the subject, I figured right. to ask. Yeah. 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 
Uh, L does have an attunement while we're counting him off. What's that then? His uh, bardic loot. Right. With which he can play a couple tunements. Oh, and anyone who's still using the Ring of Glamour, that's an attunement slot. Got it. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Two, I guess. Well, you guys are proficiency three, so it's fine. Yeah. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? Um, feel free to edit this part out, but when I lost my, um, data because of, uh, switching hard disks, it looks like I have an old version of L from before he did the shopping. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so I think I lost all that stuff. Well, you can always go back and re-listen to the old sessions and find what we did. We did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we did it off thing. Ah, uh, you're right. No, we... Uh, did we? Yeah. Because we did it before we started the, the, the podcast, just so it wasn't just like... Talking about what the fuck L was going to buy. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just we'll meet up and and go through it again. Yeah. I might have sent you an email with what I was going to buy. Maybe. Anyway, we'll find it. Yeah. So, uh we go to the morning. Huh, I'm so yawning. Okay. Oh. It's the morning. Right. <laughs> uh so you all wake up. Uh L Gets up, <laughs> and uh, you are all beckoned to the to the deck for the ship to set sail. Well, all right. As you all, in different states of repair, make your way to the deck, you see um, the captain and in their hat standing there with uh, Ross Eridite. Uh, Quayax, the spectator, and the two ha- elves, um, all ready to to leave, but no, none of the spectral crew. Uh, the captain says, "So, you all ready to go?" I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, master. Yes. Alright, then he says Mercer, Messia, take us out. The two elves nod and immediately dart to uh, around the vessel, making the ship ready to go. And within moments the ship is uh the sails unfurled and you were out towards the ocean. Uh Alright. So do you all have anything you wanted to do with the first day on the ocean? Um, Slate is most likely going to get really seasick and uh, spend most of the day at the edge of the boat just in case. Sure. 
Boomer's just gonna start working on the uh, on the uh, cart. All right. Um, Balan's gonna look at um, <clears throat> Geharan and say, uh, "If we're gonna be stuck in a boat for a couple of months, we might as well stay sharp." And um, I'll suggest sparring for at least an hour or two every day. Garen's all about that. All right. All right. Cool. As you all uh, make that preparation, uh, Ross uh, Clamwell walks over and says, If you all aim to do that, I ask that you wait until the night. The crew might want to place bets. That's fine with me. No, we can definitely do that. Very good. Well then, make yourselves as best at home as you can. Don't get in the way of the work being done, and enjoy the ride. All right. He turns to go oversee things that are being done by invisible forces. Um, Garen would um, kind of work with, look at Val and kind of look at the gloves and say, I really can't wait to try these out, though. Those are not allowed while we're sparring. How far do you think I can throw a flaming rock through the water? <laughs> Those are not allowed when we're on a wooden boat. <laughs> <laughs> he would actually, like, almost frump before he, like, uh, takes them off, like, one finger at a time to make it very poignant and tuck them in a bag in his waist. <laughs> That's smart. Okay, no gloves of fire on the wooden boat. What a concept. Uh, huff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is there anyone that you guys want to interact with during the day? The captain almost immediately retreated to his quarters after the little uh, show-off. Slate does. And who do you want to interact with? I'll give you a guess. Uh, is it the elves? Correct. So, um, are the elves on deck, or are they just... Yeah, the two of them are, uh, singing. One of them is playing a harp, one of them is playing a, a string instrument of some sort. Um, but they just sort of singing very pleasant elven shanties. Alright, so, um, Slate's going to take like five or six deep breaths, wipe some of the spittle off of his uh, mouth, and uh, saunter over to the elves. And uh, uh, as, I, as I get over there, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say, afternoon ladies, how you doing? Uh, one of them, they, they both continue to play the song, but uh, the, the music, but say, oh, just passing the time, waiting for the crew to wake up this evening. We've done all we can to set us off, but it's not much to do but wait. Well, fair enough. Would you mind if we had a polite conversation? They they sort of look to each other and both like do a very weird thing where one of them grins with the left side of their face, the other one grins with the right side of their face. And they both look to you and say, well, if it escalates to anything else, it would be a lovely way to spend the time. <laughs> um, well, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, Sleep kind of stammers and isn't sure. I mean, he blushes. 
and says, I wanted to ask you ladies an honest question. How did you end up uh, working on this vessel? Do you know the captain, or how did you end up here? Again, they kind of smile a little and snicker and go, anyone who is still alive on this boat worked for the captain and was spared the night the ship turned the way it is. Fair enough. Um, We found solace in an apple barrel while the ship was being bombarded. Twas our cowardice. And so are you two... Go ahead, sorry. Are you two cursed as well? After a fashion. You can tell we don't quite move like normal people. Fair enough. Is that necessarily a, a bad thing? It seems like you guys have a special power, not so much a curse. It has its tolls. Fair enough. Is there anything to eat on this vessel? One of them, like, stamps their foot on the deck a little, and you hear her yell in Elvish uh, for chef. I don't, I don't know if you can speak Elvish. I do speak Elvish. Uh, you hear several stomps coming up the stairs from the underneath the deck, an Eridite standing, looking towards uh, the twins. And she, like, points with a ladle like she's clearly already cooking. He goes, what do you want and who's hungry? Uh, I am Erudite. Very good. Wait 15 minutes, then come to the kitchen. It's near your beds. Uh, so I, I just bow politely to Erudite and then turn back to the Elvish ladies and uh, tell them, well, I'm going to head down there and wait. If you ladies would ever like to grab a drink and uh, converse more, let me know. Slyly, the, and starts to with the kid. They nod, and as you leave them, they go back into their song. Fair enough. That's it for sleep. Sure. Uh, to join in with the music, twelve uh, approaches the Elven twins, and sort of like crooks his arm in a fashion and then, like, draws sinew from his bark to his other arm and begins to play this self-made string instrument along with them. It's actually quite pleasant, despite how slightly macabre it is. Mm -hmm. Valen sees this and and just under his breath and to himself, he just mutters, what the fuck is my life? And he goes back to his room. Uh, you bump into 20, and 20 goes, Hello, small one! How are you? Uh, I'm... I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm good. I, I'm gonna go to my, my room, if that's alright. He nods, Of course! And he slaps you on the back with an unnecessary amount of force. <sighs> okay. Alright, bye. I'm just gonna stay in my room the rest of the day. Yeah. Karen would kind of be quietly clapping as he heads off and say, where's your spirit? <laughs> Alright. Um, so the, the the day is relatively boring. Eridite makes a large vat of uh, grits and porridge uh, that is a little on the sweet side, but has a nice earthy belly of flavor to it. 
and uh, that's lunch. But uh, as the sun goes down, the invisible forces that were that were arming the ship and and moving it forward become visible as the the spectral uh, ghost crew. Uh, and the evening comes in. Uh, as the sun leaves and the lights all around the vessel are, are are lit to provide light and see, the captain kicks the door of their of their cabin open, and in a mildly drunken slur goes, "I heard that there were to be bouts for the benefit of my viewing. Whose blood is shed tonight?" Do you think he's talking about us? Garen says he's talking about, about you. <laughs> Definitely at this that. point, Valen's come out uh, of of his cabin. He goes, "Well, if we can help it, uh, we're not going to shed any blood." But um, I think that'd just be bad, be a bad idea. Tempting fate, you think? Nah, yes. nonsense. We're fine. He got paid, right? Sure. Up. You can draw blood first. And then I'll slap him and then, and then go and take his position in the center and start limbering up. Alright. Uh, you can see much of the crew has positioned themselves in a ring around. It's almost like a small arena on the deck of the ship. Um, as, as everyone seems to be watching for the fight. Are we doing fisticuffs or are we going in full gear? Uh, Valen's going to summon his, his sword and say, no, we're going full gear. Alright. And then I'm also going to pop Mage Armor, like I <laughs> didn't do last time. Fortunately, Garen lives in his plate mail. Alright. Are we actually fighting this out, or are we... Um, fight it, this out? Fight it out. Alright, cool. Alright. Alright, so you guys... Put them down, damn you, it. you guys stand on the opposite sides of the deck. Uh, Garen does not put on leather gloves. <laughs> Uh, with the only <laughs> obstacle in the sort of like 50 by 80 square that you're in or a rectangle you're in is the the main masts uh, mast um, there in the middle that's about 10 feet wide but outside of that it's a pretty clean rectangle of space uh, Boomer's gonna come up for this and watch this More like eighty feet by a hundred. I don't know. What did I say? Yeah, the ship's like a, a hundred feet wide. Okay. We go with ship. That's a galleon. It's a pretty sizable vessel. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you guys have quite the space to fight in. Sweet. Roll initiatives. Yeah, kill each other. <laughs> I mean, it's a fifteen. Uh, 21. Oh. Dex, bruh. Strength versus Dex builds. The Dark Souls story. <laughs> Come at me, Daddy Apple. <laughs> I'm Loincloth Boy, right from the beginning. <laughs> Alright, uh, Valandes, you're up. Sweet. Alright, um, <clears throat> about how far apart are we standing? Let's say 50 feet. 50 feet. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, 
Eldritch blasted his ass. <laughs> yeah, someone already broke his hand the other day. <laughs> Each other. Right, um, I am going to uh, bonus action and hex um, Aaron, and then um, then I'm gonna Eldritch blast him, which gets two beams now. All right. Yay. All right. Huh, that's weird. You hit. Oh, shit. Oh, that's odd. Max damage on both. What? What's the damage? Oh, uh, holy shit. Okay, uh, that's 20, uh, 20 for the rolls plus... Uh, God. It's been so long since we fought things. Uh, that's uh, the 32? All right. No, no, no. Uh, 30... uh, 38. With with two beams, you do 38 damage. Oh, no. No, I'm wrong on that. Uh, 26. Oh, good. I was adding the wrong shit. Yeah, yeah, it says a lot better. Uh, Yeah. All right, so 26? Yeah. Actually, no, plus uh, hex damage, which is is 6. So, yeah, it's 32. Okay, so you take thirty-two damage, Gahern. Does the hex make things automatically hit? No. 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 I wish. I wish that'd be the best. Okay. Now I'm legitimately frightened. Okay, here we go. Um. So yeah, Valandes sinks a pair of bolts into you that find their mark as if they were destined for it. What do you do in response? Uh, he reads really loud. Um, <laughs> we're about 50 feet away? Uh, no, actually, you're 30 feet away. Oh, even Damn better. Damn it. Because <laughs> Garen's well, going to charge well, right it, at him now. Well, it's so weird because you didn't move, but the whole world did, in, in, in a way. You felt yourself walking forward even though you weren't aware. Cool. It's, it's almost a duel of fates, if you will. Um... <laughs> um, <laughs> if we're playing a max damage game, he's got a lot more hit points than I do. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm gonna try and just do a trip attack on him. <sighs> All right. Jason's just gonna sprint at him. Just go, go and swing it. Yeah. Please don't miss. You hit. Oh, good. Um, Max damage. He fails the check. Oh, good. So that's one attack. Uh, let's see. 1d10 plus 1. Four. Forget. Uh, proficiency bonus is just added to hit, hit chance, right? It's been so long since I've it's lost. It's added to hit, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, so that is 14 damage for the hit. Oh, wait. The trip attack. Yeah, the trip attack does weapon damage plus your superiority die. Which I believe are now... Eights? Should be. Uh, yeah, they are D8s now. Okay, so it's 21 and 13, 13 damage, so 34 damage. So That's first attack. Well, that's between the two attacks. So Geheron runs up to Valandes and like golf club swings his legs out from underneath of him and then comes down with a blow as he falls into the ground. Yep. Uh, I'm, can I'm I still use a bonus action to 
Polar Master. To what? Uh, uh, as a bonus action, I'd like to use Polar Master to uh, do an extra D4 with a little boop. Yeah. <laughs> boop. <laughs> and so you do another 1D4, or is it plus anything? Uh, it just says D4 damage. At least that's what I wrote down. Yeah. Does the strength get added to it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, but just extra D4. Let me check. Cause... I'm going to say it, it matters quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's it. I turn again. Well, I don't yeah. know. We're going to find out if it is four damage or if it's seven damage. Hold on. And as you just said, it matters, so. I would if it's seven, I'm still alive. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. It's just 1d4. Wait. Okay. Wait, no, no. It is, it is a melee attack, so yeah, it is 1d4 plus strength. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay. It's, so this is how this fight's gone. So th this, this is the first round of this fight in terms of like visual. You guys stand cables away, right? And you know, Valandes, not feeling himself hungering the battle, steps forward and looses out a pair of bolts, and they like thud into Gaharin's torso, and he like coughs up a, a, a splat of blood onto the ground. But this just enrages him, so now he runs forward, takes out your legs, hits you down to the ground, and then smacks the button to your face as you're on the ground. Friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Friendship is magic. Valandes, it's your turn. You're on the ground in front of Garen. I'm going to spit out some teeth in the piece of a tooth. Yep. And then finger guns and cast Scorching Ray. Okay. <laughs> now he's hexed, and each one of the rays is an attack. So uh -huh. it's three. If, it, if we're doing max damage, it, since I'm casting it at third level, it's four, 3d6, which is 72 damage. Oh, my God. Okay. Garen's dead. Yeah, that blows Garen straight <laughs> off his feet onto his back. Is he? Is he not dead? No, he's... Uh, by about 50 hit points, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I really want to just say that Gaharin's dead. Wait, like dead dead? <laughs> oh man, I thought he had more than that. <laughs> you just did 70 damage to points. him after I mean, you already yeah. did 30 to him. Nah, drop him. <laughs> nope, don't. Don't kill me on a curse. Accidents happen at sea. Put him in a put him on the bench. <laughs> it's not it's not double my hit points damage. Oh okay, I thought it was. Oh, no, by, by three, it's not <laughs> by three. Yeah. Well, by the is it your current hit points or your hit points maximum that you get the double? I I don't whatever. I so maximum, so anyway. I'm gonna point out that the fight is over because Gaharin falls to the to the deck and has a pair of holes in him that go all the way through. Oh yeah, I just got Krillin. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. And no. he has he, been drinking and shouts out, I'm not fixing that. And uh, you're at zero hit points. But as you fall to the ground on the deck of the ship, you're stabilized and go to one hit point. You still full of holes? Yes. Nah, <sighs> <laughs> uh, drop him. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't waste a turn using a uh, second wind. <laughs> probably should have done that. Uh, I probably should have done action search. 
I'm gonna go after up and look at his and, friend and go. Mm, we need help. Help. We need help. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna walk over and cast cure wounds. Uh huh. Garrett bleeds. It, yeah, Garrett bleeds is a free action. <laughs> My skin was down. Yeah, no, you get max rolls on the heel. Alright, that's eight. So, well, plus my modifier. That's twelve. Okay. Alright. Uh, I'm a little over and put a hand on her shoulder and go, I'm, I'm very sorry that I put two goals in you. Garen's gonna like, is he conscious? No, no, he's still very much asleep. Okay, Garen doesn't respond to you. I've hurt hurt enough that I don't I don't know that. (laughs) Where's Uh, Valen? You feel you feel a cold hand on your shoulder. The mage armor is immediately dispelled, and as you look over, you see the captain's face grin wide, and you are healed for thirty five hit points. There you go. Oh, that's better. Um, thank you. Um, he nods and, and claps as he turns to the crew who are going buck wild. Uh, and everyone, and he's cheering and, and it's, it's, it's quite the moment, even though like you guys definitely just like tickled death and ran away as they answered the door. Like you ding dong ditch death and it's entertaining to these people, but that would make sense considering that almost all of them are dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, no, it's the, the, the crowd's going wild. All kinds of coins are being thrown into a pot in the middle. Uh, and then the winners come forward and collect their due for betting on, uh, on Warlock. Nice. Well, I'll give a little, just a little fist pump. Real, real tiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, so the. I assume the cleric and the other healers in the party try and bring Gaharan back to the land of the living? Incorrect. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm gonna try. I got plans for this guy. Quick, artifice up some defibrillators. <laughs> clear! I'm so clear, y'all. Uh, it just casts... I would like to shoot a thundermonger round. No, it's good. Electricity straight into He's not dead. Oh, thank God. Yeah, just boomer just... crying. <laughs> he loses the shotgun. Right. Just like, fix him! Pieces splatter everywhere. Fix him! <laughs> anyway. Uh... So yeah, Gaharan, you sort of come to your senses a few moments later. Uh, the holes in your torso have been sewn shut with magic, thanks to Boomer, uh, and your armor mended. Um, he would kind of just flail around, and is, if, if Boomer is still next to him, he would like clutch him and like look at all four of him and be like, "Shoot, hit me!" <laughs> Hell yes, I would hit you all. Friggin' three of them, that's crazy. Valen over there was just like, oh, check out my cool health powers. And all of a sudden, you got a couple holes in the boy. You're lucky you ain't dead. Actually, I do think you died there for a second. Hey, Karen pats yeah. him once more on the chest before he flops back down on the ground and says, just see the other guy. 
Dude, he's over there fine standing. Balan's gonna lean over him and say, buddy, I turned you into a pair of binoculars for a couple minutes. I'm glad you're breathing. I got you look better. like a cheese grater. <laughs> oh, no. It's fine. He slurs out. So, so maybe next time we'll just we'll just punch each other. Um, hey, hell no, y'all should keep keep doing this. I'm about to win lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> Not taking it on the road is about all Garen has the strength to say before he just pulls his arms back onto the ground. <laughs> Someone uh, boomer's there. Does he still have like full like? Is, is, are there still kind of like a couple open wounds? Somewhere. Okay. Yeah, closed. mostly, but I'll be like, I'll just pour a little bit of moonshine on there, but like, that'll help with the infection. All right, buddy, see y'all later. Go back to work. Have a good one. <laughs> Garen yells and suddenly finds the strength to sit up. Yep. <laughs> um, he'd pull him, or at least do his best to pull himself to his feet, but he spends a lot of time on his knees trying to do that. <laughs> and um, if Val is still standing there, he's going to clap him on both shoulders and then hug him against his meaty chest, which is now covered in, still covered in metal, and say, next time, yeah, yeah, just next time, just fists. <laughs> like this one. Val is just letting it Punches him in the mouth. <laughs> he looks up at his friend and he goes, you know, did you notice that uh, every everything had a little extra sauce on it? Uh, I think this is the first time you shot me with anything, so I just tasted all the sauce. Uh, but I mean, usually it's not that saucy. Well, why the extra sauce? Oh, also, I need to sit down. <laughs> yeah, you. You know what? We'll talk about this later. You go. You go sit. And I'm going to go start drinking the uh, bottle of rum he got. Alright. Uh, does anyone do, do anything else with the rest of the evening? Karen nurses his pride. Right. Hell gets drunk. <laughs> yeah, you get drunk with skeletons. And by skeletons, I mean ghosts. Sorry. Yeah, Valentair definitely got drunk with and celebrating his win. Yeah, no, you, you're the talk of the ship for the night. I don't know that you can get with get drunk with ghosts? I think you can get drunk around ghosts, but ghosts can't get drunk, right? Uh, these ghosts seem to be able to. Oh. Maybe the afterlife isn't so bad. Uh, Boomer's gonna work on the cart until the, like, close to the wee hours, and then he's gonna go lay down and look at his, uh, wizard book. Okay. And Slate? Slate is just gonna, you know, go back to the cafeteria, whatever it's called, and uh, drink for the rest of the night. Like with everyone else or by yourself? Uh, with everyone else. All right. All right, well, I think that's where we're going to go ahead and end it for the night. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed your uh, brush with death. Um, I have been, and as always will be, your Dungeon Master, Kenny. We have the uh, fighter who is really reliving the Namek saga from DBZ. 
Hey guys, fortunately we had all seven. Uh, good night. Our warlock, who is currently looking at his hands like, what am I capable of? Yep, uh, walk and nuke, sign it off. Our cleric, who is not going to spend his divine favor on blood, blood, I almost said blood magic, uh, on blood duels. If they don't, if you heal them, they don't learn their lesson. Good night, folks. Our artificer, who really wants to get back to work on the carriage, but is willing to spend some of his divine favor on blood feuds. Hell yeah. You should have dropped him. But whatever. <laughs> I'm cool with whatever. Anyways, good night, y'all. And the bard, who's really just down for the fucking ride. Yep, that's me. Have a good night, you guys. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night, y'all.